0: Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. It's so good to be here with you after a, a little break. I kind of look at three things that can make or break your safety management system. So three things that really can impact how well you do safety management. It's important to note first that the safety management system is a socio-technical system. So what does that mean? It means that there's humans involved as well as uh, non-human elements. And in a safety management system, so when we look at just a system in in general, let's look at a technical system like a a hydraulic system. The effectiveness and robustness of the system is dependent upon those components, pumps, the reservoir, the lines, whatnot, the actuators. In a socio-technical system, the robustness of the system is really dependent on people's actions. That, is a big difference between social and technical and socio-technical systems. But in many cases when the when the safety management system isn't working well it's really Poor actions or inactions done by people. The socio side of the SMS can also degrade the technical side. So what that means is that the actions, poor actions, or the inactions that people are doing do have a way of impacting how robust the policies are. And they could be the most robust policies, but if they're not being followed, if they're not really being taken seriously, or people don't know how to interface with them, then there's going to be degradations. Poor actions and inactions, what do they include? To sum it up, I have five of them, and there's going to be three that I kind of want to focus on here. And so three things I can make or break. So, poor actions and inactions include poor communication, uh, overly complex procedures, and we know that in a complex system, you don't need overly complicated or complex procedures, and that's been said by many theorists. But overly complex procedures can also increase the likelihood of having a deviation or violation within your organization. And then the, the big three I want to focus on are lack of training, lack of leadership, and poor engagement, and those are the three that I think really impact how. Well, a safety management system performs. I want to start with the the most critical one, and it's leadership. I know I've talked about leadership a lot on this podcast. I just cannot overemphasize how important leadership is to the success of the safety management system. It is so, so critical. I've been in situations with poor leadership, and I saw what happened with the safety management system. Uh, Likewise, I've also been in organizations that have had fantastic leadership, and the safety management system thrived. So, leadership really is key. And if you look at the components of the safety management system, leadership is a big part of that first component, safety policy objectives, specifically that first element, management commitment. It is so integral. It is foundational to the safety management system. To be effective, leaders need to overtly support and enforce SMS policy. In recent times, this idea of laissez-faire leadership, like hands-off leadership unless something goes wrong, has been sensationalized and kind of made popular. But when we're talking about something about safety management system, we're looking for people to go above and beyond. On to be safety citizens, leaders need to be engaged. They need to overtly support and enforce SMS policy. With the laissez-faire leadership style, they're not present. It gives the appearance of maybe not caring. In the worst case scenario, now you can have a leader that's antagonistic towards the SMS, that doesn't even want it, that doesn't like it, that just has it. When you have that case, or you have a really hands-off approach to leadership case, it leads to what I learned from Terry Yeomans, the ISBA program director, it leads to this thing called SWAMP, safety without any management practices. The SWAMP culture... We've probably seen it. Anything with a swamp culture probably is a nasty place to work. In the case of a swamp culture, safety responsibility and accountability, it's not accepted. Nobody takes accountability for safety action. Accidents are accepted as part of doing business. There's minimal to no strategic planning for safety. Communications are siloed and there's a lot of blaming in swamp cultures. People say, No, it's well, they're supposed to do it. No, it's their fault. They were supposed to do it. That is a culture you don't want to be. You want to have good safety leaders. I've done some research on not only good leaders, but good safety leaders and good. Good safety leaders are visionaries. I mean, they will identify the vision and mission in terms of safety of where they want their organization to be. They will be strategists. They will build a strategy around achieving high safety performance. They also realize, too, that they are a big influence on culture. And so they'll be culture builders, and they'll try to develop these shared values in the group around safety, about the importance of safety. They empower individuals, so they're empowerers. Uh, They empower employees to really engage and make decisions, even at the front line, that are appropriate to make. And a good safety leader is engaged they want to know what's going on in terms of safety in the organization. They want to be a part of ensuring that the safety performance is robust within the organization, so they are engaged. The next one that we talk about that can make or break a safety management system, we kind of ended with engagement for the safety leader, but it's engagement also with the front line, with our employees, pilots and mechanics, line service techs. We want them to be engaged with the safety management system. When we come to talking about engagement, it's this thought of why do do I want to do something and keep doing it? That's the kind of question we ask when we're, we're thinking about engagement. As safety managers, we would love everybody to be fully engaged. We would want everybody to understand why they want to report and keep reporting or self-disclosing or participating in safety committees, whatever it may be. We crave that full engagement. This is up there with leadership, but engagement makes or breaks an SMS through employee participation. It is so key that employees participate. Without that participation, you can imagine if you have no reports coming in, that's no information. You're flying blind. So you need that engagement. You need people to really participate. Some reasons why I think it helps to look at how we can get people to engage with the safety management system. People will engage is that they're motivated. They have an internal drive. They sense a purpose that there is a great value in participating in the safety management system. And by value, I don't necessarily mean like a rewards value, like an extrinsic, extrinsic reward, but something that's inside intrinsic. So they, they see this, that there's, a Great value in participating in the safety management system. And then another reason why our folks engage in the SMS is because they see potential for success. And when they submit a report, the information they're providing, they see potential in it helping the organization become just that much safer. The opposite of engagement, disengagement, it can be actively disengaged or passively disengaged. But disengagement will kill the safety management system. Not only disengagement from the frontline, but also disengagement from the managers. Disengagement is a scary thing. A Gallup poll showed that only 31% of employees are engaged at work, those that are actively disengaged with work is 18%. We see that you have 18% of the workforce that's actively disengaged. They're miserable at work. If they're miserable just at the job and you're asking them to do something that's kind of above and beyond their job, like participate in the safety management system, well, what do you think the chances of that happening are? Those numbers, in fact, the 31% are only engaged. Even if 31% are engaged at work, we even guarantee that 31% of the people would be engaged in the safety management system. We really can't. But it's helpful if they're engaged at work. We really need to work on that employee engagement. And that employee engagement in the safety management system, what that looks like, safety reporting, hazard reporting, participating in corrective and preventative actions are just a few things that really need <laughs> from, from individuals in order to have a, an effective safety management system. But fostering engagement is a challenge. We know this, trying to get people to do stuff that's really not part of their job description. Because when you look at it, participation in the safety management system hasn't really been part of people's performance reviews, or salary discussions, or vacation discussions. is seen as voluntary, and that's why we have voluntary reporting. Fostering engagement is a challenge. We have to look at how we can foster engagement. We have to kind of look at two fronts that we can attack. We can address the people, and we can address the processes. When it comes to addressing the people for engagement, we want to take a people-first viewpoint, and we want to communicate this message of why. why. are we doing this? Why is your engagement, your participation, so critical to the safety management system? So you can go, up to hey, Mr. Line Guy, you are one of the most important pieces in the safety management system. Without your information, we're dead. Or, Miss Pilot, your participation is what drives the safety management system. It is from your information that the organization can make good decisions. And so, we have to communicate that why. And as such, we will build trust. And people have to trust and feel psychologically safe, especially when submitting information that, that could show that they made a uh, slip lapse or mistake. Now, when it comes to the other front processes, uh, we can talk. about improving processes in the organization if we have overly complex processes if when people engage in the safety management system if it's hard if it's arduous if it's long if it's nasty (laughs) nobody's going to want to participate if they go through all this and there's no response from the organization like hey they just spent like five ten minutes filling in a report you might think well five ten minutes the scheme of things isn't much but it's people's time if we're not giving feedback if we're not letting them know that their information is making a difference well as part of that process they're going to probably disengage getting back to the processes again, interfacing with the safety management system, you have to ensure that clear, intuitive, and most importantly, trained. Those processes have to be trained. How to submit a report, what's expected of the reporting process, what they can expect, how to be a part of a safety action group, how to be part of the safety committee. All that has to be trained. Some articles had mentioned, try like something like gamifying, you know, turn it into a game. I'm still scratching my head. I know there's ways that I'm getting people to look at this as a challenge in order to kind of have fun and and participate. Give feedback, let people know what their information, where it is, how it's being handled, and what change it's made uh, in the organization. So, so far, the three things I said that can make or break a safety management system, we talked about leadership, we talked about engagement, and the last one is training. Specifically in the safety management system, a lot of organizations skip Safety management system training or broad brush. And and as we saw in engagement, that training is going to be key for people to be engaged because they're not going to be engaged in something they don't understand or they don't understand the value of. So we need to train them. So lack of training or inappropriate safety management system training, SMS training that just isn't insightful, that's boring, that just doesn't really apply, can also break the safety management system. When we have good training... We have better engagement. We have a higher sense of self-efficacy. That's just a a fancy way of saying that people will be more confident about being successful in engaging the safety management system. We'll have increased communications, increased safety citizenship. And we've talked about safety citizenship in other podcasts. But these are benefits of good SMS training. It gets people really on board and focused on ways and how they can participate. The training that you should be doing in your organization, obviously, is initial training when they first come into the organization. And then you should be doing recurrent training. It's so important this is a lot of times where training uh, kind of falls short. Training has to be scoped to the level of participation of the individual. Not everybody should be trained to the same level. It just doesn't make sense. There's things that managers have to do in the safety management system that are not appropriate for frontline individuals. So the frontline individuals don't need to be trained on it. Things the frontline individuals do that maybe CEO doesn't. You have to understand what it is they need to know in order to effectively participate in the safety management system and then train them. Them on that. I would argue that in terms of doing a hazard identification risk assessment or the risk assessment process where you have the hazard and you develop the consequences and you risk assess the consequences. To facilitate, I would argue that wouldn't be something your frontline would do. I would think that'd be your safety professional that would f- facilitate that. So, so they don't necessarily need to learn the ins and outs of that. They may maybe to become familiar with it, but not really learn it in any great detail. Just for guidance, initial training should contain, when you train somebody initially, you should go over the organization, safety, and objective objectives, uh, the organizational roles and responsibilities related to safety, basic safety risk management principles, the organization's estimates, processes, and procedures, specifically reporting and how to receive information, critical information. And then ICAO throws this one in here, but human factors and the related job function. They still kind of have this view that a lot of accidents have involved human factors. They would like as part of safety management training to, for human factors to also be trained. And then recurrent training, though, is the interesting one. And what happens is we see organizations, they just kind of regret regurgitate what they gave them in initial training, but then go back to ICAO and research it. That's not really appropriate. What we want to really cover in recurrent training is any changes to SMS policies, processes, or procedures. So if you've changed the way you report or you change the reporting system, you're gonna you're gonna train that on them when it happens, but it might be good to go over that again in recurrent training. Or if you've changed, you know, how reports are routed, scored or a frat, whatever. That needs to be trained. Then also in recurrent training you're gonna to want to highlight any specific safety issues that are relevant to the organization, uh, any lessons learned, and then a refresher on safety management tools used. Because sometimes people may not report something for a while and they it might get a little rusty. So in recurring training, it's good to go over how to use the tools that you have in place. I think importantly, you have to tailor that training so that it's insightful, meaningful, and relevant to the audience. So what we talked about is three things that can really make or break the safety management system. It's uh, leadership, specifically leaders being engaged, leaders being present leaders, understanding their responsibilities in developing culture and setting vision. And then we talked about engagement and what engagement is and how important engagement is to the safety management system. And we really need to communicate should address the people front and the process front would be simple, intuitive, and if you can make them fun, make them fun. And then finally, we talked about training that will really help with engagement, folks, especially if you give them the nuances of the system in place. And in that training is a good place to also communicate the why, why we're doing this, and uh, just to make sure that everybody rallies around the vision for the organization we talked about three things that can make or break the safety management system we'd love to hear your feedback on this if you have any drop me a line you know maybe you have other thoughts on what can make or break a safety management system these are the three that i see but would love to hear any opinions that you have i'm always so appreciative that you're downloading these and listening to them totally honored to be talking with you really appreciative for what you guys do out there until next time guys stay safe
0: This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.